morning, everybody. Let's all stand. Happy Father's Day to you fathers that are out there. Let's lift up our voices as we sing Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save us. Jesus, my 
excellent singing this morning. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on our service today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being our Father, for being Dad who loves us, who cares for us, who is there to reprimand us when we need it, and there to scoop us up when we've fallen and, and stumbled and hurt ourselves. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to be here. Thank you for our church family and for everyone who's, who's able to come out. Thank you for the sun shining. And pray that everything that we do this morning would honor and glorify you. Lift your holy name up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Breathe. 
Stands, no tongue can be nasty. 
like I mentioned, we have Brother Gary and Linda Keffer, so we're going to turn the service right over to them. So please give them a nice warm welcome as they come on forward. I'm 
we used to call them specials. Remember that? And we couldn't, nobody, solo, duet, trio, quartet, nothing. We couldn't get anybody to sing. So I went to the pastor one Sunday morning with my frustration. I said, preacher can't get anybody to sing specials. He said, I have an idea. You and Linda go home today, learn a song together, come back tonight and sing. Well, see, she was raised in the preacher's home. My dad was an auto worker. So we really hadn't done much of that up until then. But we did exactly what he told us to do. We went home and we learned this song. And here it is 50 some years later. We're still singing it. You recognize it. So what do you do? Sing along with us. We do that to find something for us. Don't worry. 
birthday. I can't tell you which one it was, but uh, she, caught up, she caught up with me. And so we're equal now for about eight months. If we live and stay married till Tuesday, live and stay married till Tuesday, it will be 54 years since we said I do. Amen. Right there, the preacher's kid. And I must say this before she sings our last song, because she does such a beautiful job, that uh, we appreciate, we pray for us, for Linda in specific, during these, Linda in early 2019 was diagnosed with endometrial cancer. And she's been in a battle, but in April, in April, her last checkup, her seventh checkup, actually, seven checkups, cancer-free. Amen? Thank you all for praying. This is such a praying and loving church. Uh, and as a matter of fact, some of you all know uh, Moses Yoder from his days up here in Hardwick, Vermont. And he's a very good friend of ours since we were all young. And that was a long time ago. Um, uh, Moses, or I, I have a hard time calling him Moses. I've called him JR ever since we've known each other, since we were kids almost. Uh, he and Cindy lost a son, Stephen. And when Stephen passed, Suddenly, uh, JR just, we were just with him. We just did their uh, senior saints ministry uh, last Wednesday. And when I told him where we were headed to Brother Tim Taylor's church up in Vermont, he said, Oh, oh, oh my goodness. He said, When Stephen passed, Brother Taylor was just about the first person to call me and uh, give his sympathy and prayer for us. So, that's a great commentary on what a strong church and strong pastor you all have. And uh, to God be the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, here's a great song that our daughter wrote. Amy and Paul are now off the road, by the way. Paul's an, uh, uh, an associate or pastor of families at a church right in our town, First Baptist Church. Amy's married to a uh, uh, an engineer for the Department of Defense. They live about an hour out of D.C. We have seven grandchildren by two two kids that's pretty good amen <laughs> two kids seven grandkids and uh our oldest emily grace is going back for her third year at liberty university this fall her brother ethan is following her up there also so we'll have two kids in lynchburg guess where we're going before we go home amen <laughs> listen to a great song uh, that uh amy wrote as a matter of fact and it's called for the first time
Oh, what a good God we know and serve. Amen. Amen. We, uh, <clears throat> we came to a crossroads when we had to, my son asked me after he, after Paul came off the road, he said, uh, Hey dad, uh, is your port, is your port swing? Okay. Or do you need a new one? Port swing. I said, uh, actually, I'm not going to need a port swing. Mom and I are headed back out on the road to serve the Lord just as long as we can. We're interested in finishing up right. Amen. I'm older than I've ever been and uh, getting older by the day. But praise the Lord. We, so anyway, when Linda came off the chemo and the radiation and all the surgery and everything, and we would go to my office and set our gear up and everything and start into a song. She'd open her mouth and nothing would come out and uh, she'd be discouraged and uh, weep and we'd go to the house and we'd go back in a day or so and try it again. And then she'd open her mouth and a little squeak would come out and then she, next time a little more and a little more. And I believe she's singing prettier than she ever has in all my days knowing her. So praise God, amen. Amen. On our table back there, I'll just tell you real quick, I did, I wrote a book on my father-in-law's life because I believe he's the greatest man of God I ever knew. And I say that without hesitation because I know, I know the tools that he had to bring to the table. My father-in-law quit school in the middle of the 10th grade. And yet he had more of God in his little fingernail than most people have in their entire being. Uh, Dr. Harold Henniger sent him to Alliance, Ohio, kind of a dirty industrial town over there of about uh, 20,000 or so at that time. And he said, Lawrence, I want you to go over there to Alliance and hold the work together until I can get somebody to come over. My father-in-law spent 42 years holding that work together, <laughs> holding it together. And uh, there are pictures in here. There we are with a, about a thousand kids at vacation Bible school one year. He built the largest church in town, stayed all those many years. We had a lot of great things that happened there. And uh, my father-in-law, when he was 12 years old, his own dad set him on the bar stool next to him, bought him his first drink. He fell in love with it. He went from the hills of Southern Ohio up to Canton, Ohio, and really got into it by, uh, by the time he got there. And uh, he became a bar fighter, carried a knife and a gun at all times. Back in uh, about 1950, at 28th day, he used to give his testimony, 28th day of September, 1950 at 9.15 in the evening at the corner of 9th and Gibbs, he said, uh, I got, this is the way he put it, I got the hog out of me and I haven't had to slop him since. <laughs> so God did a great work. He not only was saved in that service, but he was also called to preach on the same night. So I guess that means that he walked through the church house door, a lost drunk and walked out a saved preacher. Amen. That's what God can do. And there's a before and after picture on the front of the cover. The book's called Ninth and Gibbs, and it's only 10 bucks. And it's a great story of inspiration and encouragement. We were here in Vermont last fall, and a man bought this book, and he went home and read it through before he went to bed that night. We were in the evening service, and he shot me a text right away. He's a car dealer here in the state. And... Uh, I looked him up on Facebook and it said religious views, atheist. 
And so I was glad that he read it. And then what he said about it indicated to me that God was dealing with his heart. And that was a wonderful thing. I never, I didn't, I wrote it for my grandchildren primarily and their children and their children and their children. I said, they need, they must know this man of God as we have. So I, but God's using it in other ways as well. So I praise him for that. The Keffers, uh, as we have known them in the past, uh, are not as far as the music group is concerned. This is the last CD we made as a family. And all of the, the songs on this CD, our daughter Amy wrote them. She wrote for the first time that Linda sang just a little bit ago. Uh, there's one song on here called Heaven's Jubilee. She didn't write. If she'd have been here in the 30s, she probably would have. But uh, take, take a look at the CDs. We just have a few. And when those are gone, we probably won't have any more Keffer family CDs. The Keffers will be Gary and Linda until the Lord changes his mind. Amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day again. Matthew chapter 27. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like to preach for about nine minutes. I never have done that, but I'd like to someday. Amen. Matthew chapter 27. If you have your Bibles, you have your place there in the word of God, say amen. 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 Verse 22, Pilate saith unto them, what shall I do then with, with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, let him be crucified. Verse 26, then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, verse 28, and they stripped him. Verse 30, and they spit upon him. Verse 31, they mocked him. Verse 34, they gave him vinegar to drink. Verse 35, and they crucified him. If I could preach anything to fathers, to a group of men who we need in this country like never before, men that will be men. Could I hear a hearty amen? Amen. I'm a South Georgia boy. I need a hearty amen every now and then. If I have to supply it myself. Amen. amen. That's not an amen. That's an amen, Brother John. Amen. There you go. All right. I'm, I'm a man and I'm glad to be a man. I've never been anything but a man. And I want to remain a man. I believe God created me in his image. I believe he created you in his image. Men, we have a specific challenge before us to be men. Just be men. And let God be God. The Bible says in verse 39, they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. You know what they were saying? Come on, Jesus, we're here for the show. Let's see you pull the nails. Let's see you come down from that cross. Save yourself. Let's see you do it. And they mocked him and they ridiculed him. Then they said, he trusts, verse 43, he trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he'll have him. For he said, he said, I am the son of God. And he was, and he was, and he was. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. Impossible to imagine what it would be like to sit on death row condemned to die. 
Here's the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the bride and the morning star, the altogether lovely Lord Jesus. And they crucified our Savior on a cross. What kept him there? What kept our Savior on the cross? You think it was the Roman edict that said he would be crucified? You think it was the nails they drove through his hands and feet? Do you think it was the soldiers that stood by? I don't think so. But I submit to you four things very quickly that I believe kept our Savior on that cross. Number one is a delight to do his Father's will. A delight to do his Father's will. The psalmist said in Psalm 40 and verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him. Fathers, mothers, young people, there isn't anything greater for your life than to learn or find the perfect will of God and get in it and stay there. I've said to my kids and now to my grandkids, as much as they'll listen, you know what? A quarter will go as far as $10 in the center of God's perfect will. If you're out of the will of God, you'll never have enough. Amen and amen. In the perfect will of God for your life, that's where the peace and joy and uh, happiness and all good things come from getting saved and then getting into the perfect will of God. Number one, a delight to do his father's will. I think Americans, we delight in a lot of things, but the will of God. We delight in having a good time. We delight mainly in our stuff. We have so much stuff now, we have to rent places because it won't all fit in the house or the barn or the garage anymore. We gotta put it up the street somewhere in another building entirely. God help us to learn the will of God. Number two, I believe a devotion to a lost world kept him on that cross. You know why he stayed on the cross? So that your mother could get saved, so that your daddy could get saved, so that your neighbor could get saved, the one that plays that music at four o'clock in the morning, so that your kids could get saved. He stayed on the cross because of a devotion to a lost world. In John 15, 13, he says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. In Luke 13, 34, you cannot help but see the love that held our Savior on that cross that day when he cried, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How oft would I have gathered the, the, thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. The breadth, the depth, the height, the length of the love of God, it's a love that passeth all knowledge. Could I say to you this morning, God loves you. God loves you. I'm, I'm the middle of three boys. I have a brother that's a PhD, smart guy, geek, techie. I mean, you name it. He's not a wannabe. He's a bona fide intellectual. I have another brother that he was the one everybody said he's so adorable. He's just so good looking. Look at this young man. Just wanted to hit him, you know. <laughs> hard, too. Hard. And I was this, <clears throat> I was this in the middle. You know, everybody looked and just went, hmm, it's a shame, such a shame. 
I tell you what, God loves you. He, he's not going to let you stay that the way you are. He loves you the way you are, but he wants to do something mighty incredible in your life. A devotion to a lost world. Number three, and by the way, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. But he stayed there on that cross because he loves lost people. He loves you. Number three, a desire to give God's people victory. I shook a hand the other night, little old lady in a church. I said, how are you? And she said, I always feel bad when I feel good. Because I know I'm going to feel worse. That's pretty pitiful, isn't it? I took a hand of a lady one night in church. And I said, how are you doing? She said, pretty good under the circumstances. God doesn't want you to live. He, get, he died on that cross so that you and I could be overcomers. They overcame him. By the word of their testimony and the blood of the lamb. His, his death on that cross assures us the victory. And finally, a determination to bring many souls unto glory. I love this verse. 1 Timothy 1.15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You know, when I went to church, a little boy in the middle, middle of two other brothers, one good looking, one brilliant. And they said, God loves you. I said, no, he loves him and he loves him, but he doesn't love me. And then he said it again. God loves you. Jesus died for you. You can be saved because he shed his blood and gave his life. Finally, after many times saying it. I said, you think he could love the likes of me? And I say this all over the country and have for many years. You know what? I'm proof there is a God. Because if he can use the likes of me, he can use anybody. I have news for you this morning on Father's Day. Dad, he can use you in greater ways than you ever dreamed possible. If you just say, here am I, send me. Mom, young person, God can use you. If you just surrender your will to his will and say, here I am. God, whatever you will for my life, I'm available for uh, Hebrews 2.10. For it became him by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory. I want to tell you this morning, if you've never been to the fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, where sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains, that today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. You know, there are no, there are no accidents with God. It's no accident you're in the church house this morning. It's no accident that you are in this specific service today. God's calling. God is wooing you to himself. He longs. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning and for lifting your name up in song and in prayer. Thank you for the Kevers being here and for ministering to us through the word. God, I pray that you'd be with us as we're dismissed now. We go to our homes and we celebrate Father's Day. And we rejoice and fellowship and eat food. God, I pray that we wouldn't forget what we've listened to this morning. That we continue to take you with us through everywhere that we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing one more song as we're dismissed. Blessed be the name. All praise to him who reigns above. 
dismissed this morning.